Hey, it's Canada. You're listening to the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast. This is Ian Rodriguez coming at you live from Marietta, California. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy Monday. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. We did the teaser yesterday, the primer about pinball madness, the small snip of a podcast. But listen, today, I have a little rant for you guys. Um, Jersey Jack announced their Collector's Edition Wonka. And we all know that it's $12,500. We also know that Elvira had a signature edition for $15,000. And... Many people have many mixed feelings about this, right? Like it's just pinball egotism or egoism. Uh, It's uh, pinball chest pounding. It's uh, rich, affluent people rubbing it in your face. Um, I'm not sure I subscribe to that. Uh, I've thought about it and I thought, you know, what if I knew a friend who bought a $15,000 Elvira and he spent that extra money on a signed piece of a couch and the molding that they offered, the armor. My take is, hey man, if you want to be one of, on that list of 50 people, more power to you, first of all, and more power to you for having the extra cash to throw around. Um, you know, here's where I get a little frustrated though sometimes. I mean, I don't know if you ha- know somebody like this, but I think we may have all met somebody who likes to shove their, throw their money around and let you know that they throw their money around. They let you know, number one, how much money they're making. Number two, how much their house is worth. Uh, I don't know, you name it. Like Just like telling you about things, telling you about assets, property, telling you about valuations and values. Um, I don't know what that, that to me just, it sort of reeks a little bit of pride. And um, you know, if you're one of those guys out there buying those pinball machines, the premium, the, the super premium limited editions and collector's items, so you can show off and show people how rich you are, then I don't want to be your friend. But you do have the right to be rich. I'm cool with that. But I just don't want to be have my nose rubbed in it. So, again, if you're one of those people buying the $15,000 machine, I would love to, to see the machine. Um, and I think that, you know, it's all about the attitude with regards to money. So, someday I'm going to buy a limited edition. I know it. I'm going to. I'm not going to rub anybody's face in it. I'm going to because it's going to be the perfect theme with the perfect design. And I'm going to buy it because I want that chance to own one of the 500. And I'm going to do it even though I probably shouldn't because it's not the best financial decision. But it's fun to have something that's unique and special in some way. And they and Stern does a great job of that. But um, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to run around beating my chest, talking about how clean my limited edition is, talking about... I got the limited, I got the limited, oh my gosh, look at my other machine, this is the best one you'll ever see, this is, you know, I don't know, pinball is not supposed to be that way, so I'm not going to try to make it that way, so be humble, keep your mind right, and everything should be fine, especially, and especially if you're a millionaire, man, if I'm a millionaire, I'm going to be buying those collector's editions, I'll buy one or two, because if you're a millionaire, 12 grand is nothing, it's all about how you present it though, keep that in mind, so today we got... A uh, another lead up to the Pinball Madness show, T minus four full days until the show starts. Um, you know, I got an email today from Jersey Jack Steven Zamonski, my favorite dude over there at the factory. Steven Zamonski, if you bought a JJP, likely you've been in touch with him via email about whatever issue you had, if you had one, right? 
Um, I know a few people who have JJPs and they have had issues. So like they're always in touch with tech over there and tech support. So Steven Zamonski is an all-star and the guy gets back to you real fast. He's a real neat guy. He knows everything there is to know about every machine. He's the guy who helped me through the magnet issue and now the playfield issue. So I emailed him and asked him, what, where's my playfield? It's been a little while here. Just wondering if you guys know when it's going to be delivered. And his response verified what I had mentioned earlier on my podcast. Now, I don't, know if from, I don't know if you remember, but I said, JJP has negotiated a deal with Mirko, whereby Mirko is paying for new playfields. I hope they're paying for populated playfields. I'm not sure, but I know this. I know Mirko is replacing playfields. So, I hadn't confirmed that. That was my conjecture, but it was based on good evidence and knowledge that if I was in JJP's shoes, I would be coming after them for free playfields as an attorney who, who does business protection like that. That would be the first place I'd go. So, Mirko, I'm sure, is providing them. Steven Zamonski replies, says, Hey, Ian, your playfield is going to be produced and sent from Germany. Where is Mirko based out of? Germany. Who's sending it? Who's making it? Mirko. So, lo and behold, thank goodness, I'm glad, because Jersey Jack would have taken a big financial hit on making all those free playfields, or at least buying them from Mirko. So, Mirko is going to do it. They're going to come through. Good for them. I'm glad they're making it right. Now, the question again becomes, is it populated or is it unpopulated? I know a guy who got a populated playfield sent to him from Stern. Brand new Star Wars populated playfield because he had major issues with his his original playfield, all right? Major issues. So good for him. And I can't believe Stern did it. I'm really glad they did. That's great. That that saves the, the customer. It does what they need because nobody's switching out of playfield. So if JJP sends me the unpopulated one, I'll be kind of bummed. It'll be a consolation prize though and we'll just put it in a frame. So that's the news on JJP. You know, I was listening to a podcast, Poor Man's Pinball Podcast, last week or this week. Um, decent podcast. I gave him about three weeks of listening, you know, on and off. And I listened to about maybe six episodes. So now I'm unsubscribed. So they're just, they're a little bit, uh, drinking conversation. I like them. I think it's unique and funny, but it's a little bit too much. Like just bullshitting around a bar, getting drunk and just talking sort of nonsense. I love doing that with my friends. I'm not sure I want that in my podcast though. So let's get down to business. They were doing a top five list, and I thought about that. That's an interesting thing to do, and I like lists. I like lists. I like to-do lists. I like best of lists. I like Hall of Fame lists. I like cool stuff like that. So, and pinball is no exception. So, I'm thinking, what kind of lists are we going to do? The first one's easy. Jersey Jack games. Rank them. Explain why one rank is one way and one rank is another way. Second one is Stern. Now, I went by Era. So, my first one today is Stern. 2000 to 2005. Now, in this population of games, starting with 1999, in fact, is Harley Davidson, Austin Powers, High Roller Casino, Terminator 3, Ripley's Believe It or Not, Simpsons Pinball Party, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Monopoly, Lord of the Rings, and Elvis, Playboy, and NFL. Lots of games they made in 2000 to 2005, right? Now, I ranked them. Now, you can guess which one's going to be ranked first, right? If you know me, you'd say it's got to be a Lawler, but I'm not going to say Lawler's got this one. I'm going to say good old Gomez got this one, all right? Lord of the Rings, best game in that era made by Stern. Obviously, it's an exceptional title. Everybody wants it. It's in, I believe it's ranked five right now on Pinside Top 100. Fantastic game, great long ball times, perfect home game, very deep, perfectly produced. Um, Probably George Gomez's best game if I'm ranking his games, so... Right on, number one, Lord of the Rings. 
great game. Someday maybe I'll have one, but I don't really, it's not on my list because I don't know, the theme doesn't really do it for me. I've never been a Lord of the Rings or fantasy type of guy. I think the most fantasy movie I ever watched and enjoyed as a child or as a young person was Willow. And we all remember Willow with Mad Mardigan in it. And that was uh, Iceman, right? What's his name? Val Kilmer. That's right. Mad Mardigan was in Willow. Okay, moving on. Number two in the 2000 to 2005 Stern game. Monopoly. Pat Lawler. 2003, I believe it was made. Pat Lawler design. Fantastic. Game I really, really want. My friend Chuck's got one. He'll never sell it to me, unfortunately, so I gotta go looking somewhere else to get mine. Monopoly. Incredible adaptation of the theme. Really neat integration. The arts by John Yowsey. Exceptional. Just lives true to the game. True to everything that you remember about the game. Um, it's It's... I, I loved Monopoly when I was growing up. Everybody else hated it, but I was always pretty good at it for some reason. So not only do I love the game, but I love the designer and I love the artist. So Monopoly, on my short list of games to buy. Um, the game has incredible number of shots, all right? Monopoly, I, it's hard to say that Lord of the Rings is better than Monopoly, but I just think for flow, it's better. But Monopoly is exceptional, exceptional. There are four flippers, I believe. There's one flipper that just sits on a spinner and rotates. It's really unique. Never seen it in a pinball game ever. Um, there's a left shooter lane for the uh, lock shot. It's really, really, really unique. You're never going to see a game like Monopoly. Um, so true to Lawler's conventional designs that he does. I shouldn't say conventional, but for Lawler, it's conventional to have everything wacky and unique. I love it. That game would take forever to learn and beat. And so for that reason, Monopoly is number two. Number three. Now, this is a close call, but I'm going to do this. Roller Coaster Tycoon, Pat Lawler, 2004, I think. John Yowsey Art. Fantastic game. And it just edges out the Simpsons Pinball Party, and I'll tell you why. Roller Coaster Tycoon has cooler ramps and no annoying upper play field. All right? All right, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Awesome game. Kind of a weird theme. I can't love that theme. I never liked the game, but... The game design is revolutionary for its time, and I respect the living heck out of that game for that reason. There's like three levels to the game. There's stacked ramps like Judge Dredd. Lawler went all out and pulled all the punches when he made Roller Coaster Tycoon, I'm telling you what. The colors are vibrant. When lit correctly, the game sparkles. Uh, an old, uh, one of the, I think it was Chuck who had the Roller Coaster Tycoon. He sold it, unfortunately, so I can't go to Chuck's and play it. But man, every time I play Roller Coaster Tycoon, I want one. I am currently in the market for one. Hopefully I can find one for a decent price and put it in my garage. Because Roller, Roller Coaster Tycoon is a game you can't get tired of. You know why? There's about 50 shots on the playfield. It's just like Monopoly. There's shots galore. Flippers galore. Beautiful colors. Neat little theme, but you know, the theme is not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that fun play field. So, RCT all the way. Next, number four, The Simpsons Pinball Party. Fantastic theme. I love The Simpsons. Grew up watching them every, what was it, once a week on Tuesdays, I think it aired, when we were little kids. My parents would hate when we watched it because Bart Simpson was such a uh, menace. But anyway, Simpsons rocks. Everything about The Simpsons is cool. Even now, they're making good episodes. But the play field is fantastic. It's a Joe Balser design. Um, obviously it's not art by anybody but Matt Greening, the uh, original artist of The Simpsons. So, um, yeah, it's, it, everybody loves The Simpsons Pinball Party. I think it's for theme, of course, but the gameplay is fun. There's a lot of cool things. Integration's really well done. I think the sound package is lacking on that game. I don't like it at all. I think it's repetitive and kind of boring. When they had a chance in their library of sounds they could have used, they really kind of skimped. And that probably had to do with the license, but hey, look. The game itself is still fun to play. It's still colorful and beautiful. The playfield's unique, like any Balser design. 
And for that reason, this is your number four. Number five, Ripley's Believe It or Not, another Lawler design, another John Yowsey project for the art. And man, Lawler taking three of the five spots in the top five of the Stern's 2000 to 2005 era. Fantastic, really fun game. It was on location at Lake Alice for the longest time, so I played the living daylights out of this game. I dropped quarters on that game and got replays pretty much every time I showed up at Lake Alice. So I played, shoot, a good 30 to 40 games in the, in the uh, six months that it was there. I have a lot of experience on the game. I love the game. It's really unique and interesting. There's a very target. There is a short ramp in front. There is a long shot ramp in the back. The only annoying thing about this game is the sound package. I think the sound package was poorly executed. It was like they, they didn't really care to make it a quality sound package. And I liken that sound package unto The Simpsons, which was equally poor and sort of annoying when it comes down to it. So the game, like The Simpsons, while it plays and looks really cool, sounds terrible. But I'll still own it one day maybe. We'll see if I can find a deal. Um, everybody in this whole state missed out on the Los Angeles deal, $500 for a Ripley's. Somebody didn't know what they had. They sold the game for 500 bucks. That's right. Missed opportunity, man. My heart still aches. Moving on, number six, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. That's right. Terminator 3, the sequel to the classic Terminator 2. Unfortunately, the, the T2 game is better than T3, but T3 is still fun. I think it's a Gomez design. I'm not sure who did the art, but it's a really neat metal ramp game looking all stainless and brushed steel. Looks really cool. Fun game, neat ramps, um, cool grenade launcher in the back of the back box. I think there's a lot to say about this game that's good. I like the sound package, uh, contrary to the prior two. I think they did it really well. Um, in the long run, though, what you're looking for in that game is just a fun integration of the theme and fun gameplay, which you get. So, for that reason, T3 is right up there, number six. Number seven, Austin Powers. I don't know much about this game. It's colorful, it's pretty. I can't remember if it was a Lawler or Balser design. But here's what I know. It's got the Lord of the Rings uh, magnet in the middle of it. That's kind of cool. It's got the Fat Bastard sounds and the Austin Powers sounds. That's nice. I was in love with the movies back in the day, so it's kind of nostalgic for me, the theme. Uh, but otherwise, a very interesting game. Kind of fun to shoot. Um, they knocked off the theme song, so it's kind of funny that they, uh, they have some uh, knockoff, sort of, uh, what do they call it, third-rate, uh, second-rate uh, theme song there. But hey, it's still a good game. Fun to play. Now the last one I'm really going to go into any detail on is High Roller Casino. And this is number, would that be seven? Uh, no, excuse me, that's number nine. Number, no, that's Harley. Gosh, sorry about that. Harley is next. I don't know anything about the third generation Harley game, except to say it's got a big motorcycle in the front and it's kind of a main toy and it's a bash toy. So fun game, I guess, but it's low on the list here. High Roller Casino is below that. Not a very fun game. Pretty bad layout at the bottom. I think that's a bolster design. Um, just not a lot of fun. Theme doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a gambler, so unless you are a heavy gambler, the um, the game is just kind of like a thud, right? Uh, my friend Pete owned the game for probably a grand total of 36 hours before he flipped it, which says enough to know that you're not even trying to play the game when you own it. So, honorable mention, not going to talk about him here, Elvis, Playboy, and NFL by Stern. The final three on the list, all equally pretty rotten. But listen, it is still pinball. It's still going to be fun when you play it. It just, those games don't compare with the prior games that I mentioned in this era. And for that reason, they won't go into detail here. I really appreciate you suffering with me through that list. I hope you enjoyed it. A couple notes today before we sign off. Um, Kaneda, on his last podcast before he left, 
for Japan on his honeymoon mentioned one incredible little tidbit of news. Karate Kid, baby. Karate Kid. What are you thinking? Karate Kid's coming. Brian Eddy's the designer. Karate Kid is an awesome theme. Fantastic. Tons of theme integration that's possible there with the pinball. Brian Eddy's been working on the project for quite a while, as we know, but they're going to ride right on the coattails of Cobra Kai, the YouTube classic series. And if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, go buy it now on Amazon Prime Video. You're going to freaking love it. There's two seasons that just came out. Uh, the third season's in the works. Cobra Kai is awesome. But Karate Kid's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, go listen to Kaneda's podcast about it. It's just a short you know, message about it. But anyway, according to Kaneda, we're getting... Karate Kid, baby. You're the best around. Nothing's going to ever keep you down. Another thing that's interesting this week is Wednesday. They're doing the flipping Out Pod, or the flipping Out Stream, 5 p.m. Is it going to be 5 p.m.? No, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Everybody in pinball is going to be on the stream. So tune in Wednesday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard to flipping Out Twitch channel. It's going to be fantastic. In the meantime, if you haven't bought your tickets yet to Pinball Madness, get out there and buy them. Buy them now. Buy them now. We need to see you there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You'll see me there in my red shirt. Can't wait to see you guys. We'll have another podcast this week for sure because it is an exciting, exciting game week. I still haven't talked about the Riverside Game Lab, which I went to today. So next podcast, we'll be talking about the Riverside Game Lab, Chuck's pet project, and his new career and how it's going. But other than that, got to go. Time to go work out. Go see the family. God bless. Take care. Take care.